Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name is Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome Alfie Curie. Alfie's an Australian singer and songwriter best known for winning the fifth season of The Voice Australia in 2016. His studio album Zenith was released in 2016 and peaked at number five on the ARIA charts. Alfie, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, Move Your Mind. I've heard a lot about you. This is the first time I've actually met you. We share a mutual friend, but thank you for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. <laughs> um, so first up, can you just tell me a bit about your background and uh, how you came to do what you do now? Um, I So I, well, my cultural background is Italian, um, but I, uh, I guess I was... Uh, an architect so I, I studied you know for six years I think it was to be an architect and um, I don't know I was never completely fulfilled with that like it, I love I love it but um, I don't know there's a part of me that uh, there's a lot of fragments to my life actually so the architecture came after um, like I came out I came out about five years ago and I think I I studied that to kind of impress my parents and distract a whole lot of people <laughs> in my life and um and when I came out, it was weird. My voice just sort of came out as well. So I, I don't know if it's because I, I um, had more confidence in myself and in people around me. And I, I don't know, I just developed a voice. And I, um, yeah, one thing led to another. And I, I happened to audition for The Voice. Actually, something in, in the middle that I forgot, my sister, um, uh, she, she was diagnosed with cancer about four years ago. And um, I'm really close to my sisters and I, I don't know, it was around the time of her wedding that um, she was diagnosed two weeks before. And this was also around the time that I came out and that I started to, you know, be a bit more confident with my voice. And I, I suggested to her maybe I could sing her, her first dance at her wedding, um, which she was kind of taken aback by. And, um, and I did. And it was, that was kind of the moment that changed everything for me. And it, um, like my family had never heard me sing before and um, I sung in front of like 200, you know, family and friends of my sisters and, and yeah, and people just, I think A, like seeing the way it, it helped or made her feel in that kind of time um, and B, like people's um, responses to it, like it kind of made me think, oh, shit, maybe, maybe there's something in this, you know, and, but I think the most important thing I got out of it was the feeling of, um, you know, what, music can do for people and how it can make them feel in certain times. And, um, yeah. And then I went on the voice and yeah, it was just this crazy journey because I, um, so many things happened around that time. Like my dad's brother passed away and like, we were this really tight knit Italian family. Um, and yeah, he was sick for five years and, um, he literally died, uh, I think a few weeks before my blind audition. And I was kind of at this, I was at, I had to decide whether or not I should go ahead with it because, you know, what was my family going to do? Were they going to, you know, come and <laughs> watch me sing while this all happened? And it actually ended up being like the, the best thing for my whole family. Like my my uncle's wife would come every week to The Voice and um, my dad would be there. Like this was my dad's business partner as well. So like it actually became like this distraction for them and it kind of distracted them from the mourning process. So um, and it was also, it was my ammunition as well on the show to keep going because I knew it was doing something for my family. It was distracting them every week and it distracted them all the way to the end. <laughs> so then I ended up winning and, um, yeah, it's sort of, it's changed my life. Like it's, it's a very tough industry, the music, especially in Australia and especially coming from a reality show, like you're constantly, um, you're constantly having to show people that you're 
you know, you're good and that you're not just a reality star and, and or reality singer. And um, so, yeah, I've been trying to constantly evolve for the last few years, like writing and um, doing things overseas. And yeah, I'm still nowhere near where I want to be, but yeah, that's a very long answer to what you asked. <laughs> no, like, thank you for sharing that. And um, I mean, you've actually touched on so many things that I wanted to ask you about in that. And I mean, I, I love what you said as well about um, how when you you came out and your voice, you felt like your voice freed up and improved through that. And I think that, you know, in whatever endeavor we're doing, especially, you know, performance, um, we can be hindered if we're not, if we don't feel 100% ourselves and free to be ourselves. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that you had that experience. And that's a message that um, I think can be passed on to so many other people that are struggling or feeling held back. And often we don't really... um, know why we're held back but it's because we're not authentically being ourselves which is a huge part about you know what this podcast is about as well it's about really just having some real conversations with people and trying to encourage other people to look inside and think you know what is it that I really care about what am I about who am I and how can I just be comfortable with being that not needing to be anything else that you know my family or the world or you know perception wise that I feel I need to be so yeah I really love that and we can um I'd love to talk more about that sort of as we as we go through it but um I guess by the way because I think growing up uh, one good thing about the internet and social media and these kind of platforms is that kids actually have this to listen to about these sorts of things which I don't think um were um existed when I was younger so thank you for actually doing this I think it's great yeah, appreciate it, mate. But um, I think it's it's sort of yeah, you know, like you're saying, a great way to get those messages out there. And um, I think being able to have conversations with people like yourself that have had a profile, that have a profile in in different areas, that's a good way to get uh, the everyday person to really listen because everyone has a story to tell. Um, so I yeah I I mean, I guess the first sort of thing I want to go into what you're talking about in um, being in the entertainment industry, being a singer, you've had to diversify and find, you know, create your own work, write, do all these different things and take take it into your own hands. And, um, you know, how, how difficult has that been and how important is it that you really do take control? Because I know uh, being an actor myself, I know so many people in the entertainment industry that, are imploding on a daily basis because they're putting their livelihood down to fate and they're just sitting there waiting and it's a recipe really for uh, poor mental health. Um, how, how important has that been and how have you, can you give me a bit more um, detail in how you've gone into doing that? Um, look, I, I, I've, mental health is actually something that I've struggled with my whole life, I think, which, is, which comes with being positive gay for 25 years, you know? I, so when I went on The Voice, I, I, I went on it knowing what could happen afterwards, but also um, you know, promising myself that I wouldn't let it um, get to me as much as it could. Um, and it's funny because the moment I, when you're on the show, you kind of build, especially if you win, you're built up to feel like you're on top of the world, right? And I remember the night that I won, I felt, wow, this is amazing. You know, my life's going to change. Then the day after, <laughs> you say goodbye to the whole voice family. Then you're like, you're in this new family of a music, um, a music label, you know, global music label, and it's. And then you also feel the wrath of the country, like because you instantly become someone that people want to pull down. You know, like you, you go. I went from like winning and feeling amazing, then it just all changed, and I was like, and I, I noticed it straight away. But I was determined. I think having architecture in my pocket allowed me to take a little bit more risks. I was never going to be that person where um, I would be told what to do because that's not what I'm about. You know, the whole reason why I want to do music is to to write songs that um, speak to young me, young Alfies out there, and um, and that's what I've done, which is it's which has been hard. And I won't lie, it has affected my mental health. <laughs> like it's I've I've had my, many months of depression because I've, I've 
pretty so I've never been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure that I suffer from some form of it and, and, and anxiety. And, um, and in this industry, it's, I think, so hard not to be affected by it. Um, you know, because you, you, with a song, for example, like I, I could spend months writing something, um, getting to produce, spending thousands of dollars on it as well. Um, and then you release it, it's out in the world. And then you're like, like you just, this anxiety, like, will people like it? Will it connect? What will it do? And then, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's been, it's been tough, but it's also, I, I'm, one thing I'm good at is um, acknowledging the good things that come and, and actually allow, making them, um, like just sort of seeing the importance in the good things that come out. Like I always read comments of people write on, you know, my videos or my music or songs or whatever, and then how, how my music has helped people come out or people will make people happy. And like, that's, that's the kind of the good stuff that I've gotten out of it. But yeah, there's, yeah, I guess COVID has been a, a testing time as well. Like where I've, um, I had quite a few things lined up this year that I've been working towards. You know, I signed with a, uh, an agent in Europe last year and they've had, they've, had me a few gigs, like I had one in Romania last year, one in Berlin. They ended up connecting me with Eurovision, so I had written a song for um, Cyprus this year. Um, everything was line, lining up really well, and um, I had this global music expo in LA that I was a part of, and and then everything just sort of turned to shit. <laughs> so that that could have really affected me um, terribly, but. Um, I don't know. I've become, I've become quite resilient, and, and I, I've always seen the bigger picture, you know. Like, and I always believe that things happen the way they're meant to happen, and you, like, you, there's no point dwelling on um, um, things that are out of your control, you know. Like, so yeah, it's I yeah, I worry for people that um, aren't able to process things the way I can now, and I think I have learned to do this um, because of what I went through. Um, yeah, that answers Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, look, at every, everything you're saying, there's like so many things I want to go into more detail with. You're saying so many amazing things in here. Um, and I think that's part of it. It's sort of like you're saying, uh, doing something as difficult as trying to become a, have a career in singing at, and the, the ups and downs and highs and lows, when you're in the middle of it, you it, it can just feel overwhelming and you can sort of, you don't often realize the lessons you're learning as you're saying when we do put ourselves out there and do these difficult things uh and yours is such a good example for anyone listening to this it's going and you know following your gut doing what you really want to do believing in yourself not needing to have all the answers and it can be so overwhelming in the middle of it but you can eventually look back if you stick it through and see hang on that i've gained so much insight and resilience and learnt so much about myself and often a lot of the learnings that you take out of it aren't just related to in that specific career these are you know you you because you're having to really you know confront every part of yourself which sets you up enormously for what comes later in life and I think your examples as well with um and you know congratulations on everything you've done by the way and winning the voice that's a, a a huge achievement um the high you get from that to then going back into, okay, what's next? And and I, I think they're, they're great experiences to have as well because literally no matter what level we succeed at in life, if you become the top of your field on a global scale, if you don't have the right perspective and internally don't have the right sort of, you haven't done that inner work, we're going to suffer again we're going to want more and we're going to there's always going to be ups and downs literally no matter who you are or what you achieve so I think those points that you've made in, in telling me about your journey are just so so important and so relevant so um yeah I think that's a really good message people can can take away from it um you you, you mentioned it a couple of times with uh coming out um and sort of how much that's been a positive thing for you um and help you develop how difficult was that at the time was that something that it's probably the yeah. hardest thing I've ever done in my life really because yeah. I I I literally spent my youth preparing myself to be alone like I I was always I've got two sisters and I've I was always the one that 
you know, would cook with mum. I'd, I'd clean because I, I, I was pretty much teaching myself to live alone. Mm. I expected that I would be alone. As, and it's a, it's a hard thing for a teenager to, to have that sort of state of mind for their whole, uh, literally from high school, all of high school, that was my state of mind. And I'd be like, oh, as soon as people know, I'll be on my own. I went to have friends. I went to a Catholic um, high school and, um, and um, I think it's different now, but um, at the time there was never any speak of gay or positive speak of, um, of gay, you know, and um, there was something that you'd have to hide. Um, so it, I was constantly depressed in, in high school, but no one would ever know. Like my friend, I saw my high school friends a couple of days ago and, um, and I, I see them and speak to them, but when I came out, no one had any idea because I was always so happy. Like I, I'd always have a smile on my face because it was I was masking my true emotions with fake smiles, and um, and it was hard. It took me. I think I came out when I was 25, um, but it took me a year of seeing a psychologist um, to be able to even say that I was gay out loud, um, and. And then she convinced me to tell my first friend, my best friend, and I was actually very lucky. I think I'm one of the few that, like, I came out and with a very positive um, response from everyone in my life, including my um, parents, um, my grandparents, not so much at first, but you know they're Italian and they, I expected that, and I always thought, you know, they would be the only ones that I would actually give tolerance too. Like I'd give them a little bit of time. Um, but I, and I did, and now we're amazing. We're back to where we were when I was younger, you know, cause I'm like uh, the oldest boy in the family, which is also another pressure, <laughs> you know, the only got boy to my parents. And, but now it's funny. It doesn't even matter anymore. Like it's not a thing, you know, it's not the initial, Oh, how will we have grandchildren, but like whatever, that doesn't even, doesn't even cross my mum's mind anymore. She's like, "Oh, when am I gonna have? When, when are you gonna?" And I'm like, "Well, you've got a dog. That's that's all you're gonna get for now." Um, but yeah. But long story short, coming out was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But it's the best thing I've ever done. And in hindsight, it's the, those years of being closeted and whatever are what um, I use now with my music. Like I, I'm kind of known. I was known on the show for. I've been a very emotional. I was never a technical singer, but I'm all, I'm a very emotional singer. And you can't teach emotion with singing with music. You know, you can be the most technical singer in the world, but if you don't, if you can't sell the lyrics, or like, people don't buy that. And and that's I wouldn't have that quality if it wasn't for what I went through. You know, I'm also not scared of of um, being vulnerable in my writing and um, being honest. And um, yeah, that and that that all came from um, what I went through. You know, so no regrets. <laughs> yeah, and I I really love that. I love everything you're saying here, but I love that message you've just said there because we all in different ways, and you know, it's horrible you had to go through that. And another thing, I was you know, for anyone listening to this, what you were saying about how no one would have known you had a problem when you were in school. That is so common. It's often the people that you know we get very good at performing and putting on a front. And it's often the people that we think have no issues that are the ones suffering the most because they've got so used to putting on that front. So I think, again, for anyone listening, that's a really, really important thing to take note of. And if you are suffering from anything, go and talk about it. Tell someone, go anonymously online or go somewhere. But um, I love, I really love what you said about uh, how that adversity that you went through and that suffering has actually become your your fuel for this, these creative performances. And I know, uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm in, in acting and same for me through the pain that I've been through when I was younger, that has given me this ability to really draw internally. And, um, I'm, I'm comfortable with being vulnerable and it gives you that depth. And, uh, I think it's a, a good way to look at life that everyone is going to have some difficulty and we can either dwell on that or we can work through it and then look on it as a positive step to getting us to the next level of where we are. Everything sort of happens for a reason and connects. So, um, again, I think that's yeah a really beautiful way of putting it uh, for, for everyone, you know, everyone listening to this. 
it's 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 hard to like it literally it took me um because i was angry with it though i should say which is probably normal for kids you know angry that i was chosen to be that person you know to be different um so it actually took me i guess to develop as an adult and and to have this journey and experience and this um uh like it's finding of you know my singing um to actually be thankful to what i went through you know so I, I like I, I can't lie and say that i've always been <laughs> thankful because i was i was always like why me you know when i was like a teenager and, and even when i came out like i was still like i felt a little bit different but um now it's good different and now it's good different and also you know you can be such a role model for other kids going through the same experience i'm sure you you already have by talking about it i'm sure there's been a lot of people that you wouldn't even know that have been helped, you know, have had that guidance through hearing your message. So it's a, it's a powerful thing. Uh, it's good to be able to being different is actually a good thing. And I mean, it's not different. It's, it, it's not different in the way that it's um, stigmatized in the past. And I guess that's a, another good thing about where, you know, the world has moved that it's becoming less and less of a thing. It should have never been a thing but it's um it's great the progress that's been made but um you know it's because of people like yourself that have been able to talk about it as well um i guess um the next question i wanted to ask you from uh what's been your experience with in in the entertainment industry with uh other performers um and i guess mental health in general what what's been your experience does that seem to you to be you know quite a have you come across a lot of that? Is that a big problem that you've witnessed? To be honest, I feel like 90% of people I know in the entertainment industry have some sort of struggle with mental health, which is quite alarming <laughs> yeah, I, when you think about it. I feel the same from my, yeah, it's very alarming. And it was, it's worrying as well, especially now with, like I, I was saying earlier, um, with COVID, because um, there hasn't been that much support, I think, for the music industry. Like I, I was lucky because I, like I said, I, I practice architecture as well, but I also have a company with my music. So I was able to get the government help um, and which has been very useful and helpful for me because, you know, I was, I've literally lost a hundred percent of my music income. Um, but a lot of my friends that work, you know, gig to gig, they, they didn't have that, um, that luxury. And, um, and some, and a lot of my music friends as well are, um, with another muso, like they're in their relationship. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. And it, yeah, I, I worry for a lot of them. It's a concerning time because like you're saying at, at the best of times, even before coronavirus, um, there's so much uncertainty in, if you're in the arts, uh, you add this new level to it. And like you're saying, the lack of government support, uh, on top of that, a lot of people that are in, uh, the entertainment industry are doing, um, you know, bar work and hospitality work and a lot of that's been cut as well. So even the way to make money has gone. And so it's an incredibly, you know, vulnerable uh, position to, to be in. And I really think the government uh, needs to do a lot more and there needs to be a lot more support for people in the entertainment world. I mean, I can't remember the exa- exact statistics, but I think, you know, depression and anxiety are about three times higher than general i mean they're already pretty high in you know in general terms um suicide is i can't remember what it was it was maybe twice or three times higher as well i i'll have to find the exact stats but it's you know it it makes sense because that level of uncertainty and the lack of control that you have over a lot of elements it can really eat away at people so we really need more um more support it's scary it really is yeah um another question i wanted to ask you was um how how have you found the balance with your music career with sort of the business side of it and trying to advance that and maintain the you know the joy of doing it have you found that difficult to balance the two because i know i've experienced this i know a lot of people experience this where for what, what was initially just this, you know, joyful thing that you did because you just love it more than anything else. It, when it becomes a business, it becomes very hard to, 
you know, separate the two and then it can have sometimes become so overwhelming or, you know, all consuming that you forget why you loved it in the first place. Has that balance been difficult? Yeah, it's actually a good question because I've thought that because, um, uh, uh, like I said in the beginning, I this will started off as like a little surprise passion hobby thing, you know, where I sang at my sister's wedding and then it became this thing that I loved and I started you know, making YouTube videos and, and I, I post things on Instagram. So I actually developed a bit of a following before The Voice on Instagram. And mm. um, then I win The Voice and it becomes my job. Um, and it's it's funny because it, you, you, need you need to always keep reminding yourself that it's, you know, also that. But the good thing about singing is as soon as you get onto a stage, like it, it just the whole job tag just dies. Like it's, you just you're immersed in, you know, that um, the adrenaline and the, the atmosphere of an audience. And it's, that, that's the good thing about it because you kind of forget again that it's a job, you know, but the in-between moments are the tough moments because, you know, like I, I, I won't lie, I had months, like the first year after The Voice, amazing, you know, like you're constantly booked and um, you make pretty great money. And then mm. there could be months where you don't make any money. <laughs> um, and that's pretty scary because if you're relying on that entirely, like it's hard, what do you do? You know, then, then how do you, mm -hmm. how does that stay as your passion? Like how do you keep the, you know, if, you, if, if, if you're meant to be making money from it as well. So uh, having uh, the architectural thing helped with that because it, it I, I kept doing that a little bit on the side and, mm -hmm. um, and it kind of still meant that music was always okay. Even, even in the quiet months, um, and I actually, that's, that's not entirely true. So there was, after the boys, obviously I did stop architecture for a little bit cause it, it was hard to do it. And it was two years mm -hmm. after, um, cause I almost lost my registration. So I had to either decide to lose it or to keep it. And it was at a time when my mental health probably wasn't the best because of probably what you said. Um, and the moment I actually started it again, everything changed for me. Like I, I just felt better. I felt more, more um, confident, I guess, in the music and confident in myself. And I was, it was, I was okay with not having a gig that week, you know. And and actually, that that whole thing kind of changed everything. I was actually getting booked more. I don't know if it's because of what I was projecting into the universe, um, but um, yeah, ever since then, like I've the last two years have been amazing. Um, but yeah, it's I, I don't know what people can do that aren't in that position, you know, like. Maybe, uh, I guess there's, there's probably like a sense of pride for musicians as well, like, which I think people should try and um, eliminate if they can, you know, like, I don't think they should be embarrassed to have another job. Because um, mm -hmm. I think I kind of was at, at one mm -hmm. point, and my manager mm -hmm. probably doesn't help that, because <laughs> he's always like, he's like, well, don't tell anyone that you're still an architect. I'm like, well, I studied six years to do this. What's so embarrassing about being <laughs> an architect? <laughs> um, and um, so I... Um, yeah, I think people should definitely like try and do as much as they can because then it kind of helps maintain that element of passion for music, you know, if you're not relying on it for mm. your income. Or find a partner uh, that's not a musician. <laughs> probably not, not the worst idea as well. Um, I think that's really good advice and I, I advocate for the same thing. And, I mean, the only tricky part is just just balancing things. But if you can structure your time and, you know, make sure that you're disciplined with your work and then still having time for the singing, you can absolutely make it work. And, I mean, a lot of performers I know, when I really look at what they're doing day to day, the amount of time that goes into the performing side, there is time to do other things. And yeah. I, I think, it, again, it's a great message and an important message what you've just said because... Uh, when you do have something else that you can, another career that you can build that's going to give you stability and, you know, when, when the performing career is going at a slower level, you can, you know, lean on that. It's so important on so many levels. I think it probably does make you perform better because it takes away that urgency and that, you know, desperation. It's like if you're single and you desperately want to meet someone and you're going on all these dates, you're probably not going to find the right person because people can automatically people can just feel feel it and if you're 
again, I know when I've auditioned and I've felt that desperation, I can feel like I don't perform well. When I've landed any work in, in acting, it's actually been when I was so busy with other things that I was able to just go in there and not not want it, but I was like, you know, it's okay. If I get it, great. If I don't, whatever. And you're relaxed and people can feel that ease. And so it's always this fine line that we need to find. And um, I think on top of that, the thing that we forget probably more than ever in this day and age is life does go for a long time. We have time. We don't have to have all the answers and everything happen right now. And when you're all in on something and you, you know, fatalistic about it, that if it doesn't happen, if this doesn't happen, my life's over, it has to happen now, you're probably going to burn out and actually hinder your long-term um, ability to do that pursuit. If you have something else like the architecture that you're doing, it means that, great, if the music career, you know, keeps progressing at the level you want it to right now, fantastic. If things slow down and it takes more time, it doesn't matter. This is a long-term pursuit it means you will have the stability to do it forever and that's how you excel at something. It t- it's a lifelong pursuit and, you know, I think I think it's a really important thing that people miss out on and don't have that longer-term thinking and, you know, it's a lot of it is conditioned from we're, we're over, you know, we're, we're over-consuming information now and we're comparing to people and social media and, you know, we're, we're all like, we, I need to do this, I need to do that right now. It's like... Anything worth doing takes a huge amount of time. That's right. On the flip side, actually, because this is always the way I thought about it, and not always, but life can also be very short. <laughs> so, and I've had things that have happened because I, I kind of went through up to maybe 25 where I didn't lose anyone in my life, you know, and then all of a sudden I started to lose really important people. So I actually mm. had the opposite um, sort of um realization i guess that life is so short and you should just trust your journey i guess you know trust what's meant for you trust what's in front of you and um and just relax a bit <laughs> you know yeah that's yeah that's what I, and i just realized Absolutely. you sit in a cupboard <laughs> what's that sorry are you sitting in a cupboard i just realized i am you've you've actually you, you've noticed well i'm in a cupboard so um <laughs> i'm <laughs> in the family i can see the, the <laughs> So it's like actually the best um, noise-wise, it's the best room in the house where... <laughs> so there you go. For anyone listening, I'm recording this out of a cupboard right now. Um... <laughs> there you go, mate. This, that's why it's only audio. I don't want people to see the, the behind the scenes of this. Um... Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but that's another thing to remind yourself. It's sort of, again, I think everything in life is a balancing act and, um, you know, it, life is short and you don't want to waste it doing things you don't want to do. But at the same time, as you said before, you want to make sure that you can, in a you know, calm and controlled way pursue that and having other things on the side is a, a good way to maintain that. Um, do you feel like in the music industry um, in this day and age, is it, do you think it's easier or harder? I, I guess there's probably a bit of both with so much more, technology and um has made everything more available but then there's probably so much more noise as well um yeah what's your view on that um maybe it's it's easier to have people listen but it's harder to be a massive superstar like it probably was like and i don't know if that makes sense but like spotify has meant and Apple Music has meant that so many people can have their music heard by many, many, many people around the world. You know, social media has allowed music to be streamed and heard so far and wide and a lot easier than what it was back in the day, you know, where there were physical singles um, and albums. So, yeah, I think it's, it's it, I think it's always hard, but it's, 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 I think it could potentially be a little bit easier to be heard. Um, yeah. Yeah, more avenues to get get it out there. But then in terms of getting to that really top level, I guess, is in some ways harder because you've got to cut through. You've got to cut through all of all of that um, to get to the top. 
Because you could you could have five million monthly listeners on Spotify and and nobody in the world know who you are, you know. Like, whereas back in the day, that amount of people listening to your music would would be massive. So there's lots of um, people, I guess, that are sort of famous for music in the world, but not like um, you know Madonna famous. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but it does make sense, mate. Yeah, which has become sort of yeah. Um, okay, uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask you some, I guess, um, practical sort of tips that you might have. Um, I guess, is there, are there some key things in your own life that you've learned that you do on a daily basis that, that help you in terms of, you know, keeping a good mindset, dealing with anxiety and things like that? Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, because I, anxiety is something that I actually suffer from quite a bit. Um, and it sort of started off with social anxiety back in the day where I would be so petrified of meeting new people because um, I thought that they could, they might, you know, discover my secrets. <laughs> and um, I, when I when I went to uni, I would be so scared that I'd have to stop like three times on, the, on my one-hour commute from Camden to, to the city just to relax because I was that scared. But... Now I've kind of contained my anxiety because I, I don't know. I, I think one one thing I do is I, I kind of zoom out of the world. I I like imagine like I'm a bird. I fly out into space and just look down. And I realize how little we all are, and it kind of reminds me of how small our problems are. And and that's one thing. The other thing is just to um, like have a bit of perspective. You know, my uncle dying helped. Not helped, but I mean like it whenever I sing and I'm feeling nervous or anxious or I'm feeling anxious about it, you guys just remember what he went through and, and how I'm actually lucky to be doing what I'm doing, you know, because I get to sing, you know, and do something that I really love and he doesn't get to do that anymore. And a lot of people that, you know, were living once doing something that they love or potentially doing something they love, they, they can't do that anymore, but I'm still in a position that I can. So I just, I don't know, I just kind of zoom, step back a little bit, you know, when I'm feeling like that or just, try and turn off that negative talk in my head, which is something I learned from, you know, seeing getting help when I was younger, you know, she was always like that negative talk is what fuels your anxiety and sometimes your depression, you know, you've got to be able to switch that off and take ownership of it. And that's, that's something that I, I, I do. Yeah. 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 Which, um, I mean, it's critical because we, we can all get so caught up in worrying about what's going to happen in the future or, thinking that we're not enough or we need to achieve more or do this or do that. And uh, it it is never ending now with looking at all these social media platforms and it's so easy to get caught up in comparing ourselves. So it's really pulling it back and reminding ourselves, hang on, what am I actually thankful for? You know, being, practicing gratitude, looking at what's good in your life, what you're, you know, what you're lucky to have. And that, that'll change that mindset. And if you, Every time, if you can catch your mind every time it's going to that negative and pull it back in, uh, you'll recondition that thinking over time if you can, if you can practice that. It's, it's a really powerful thing. Um, I mean, you talked a lot here about facing different fears. Is there any advice you could give someone uh, out there that is wanting to really confront some things that are fearful, fearful for them? Well, I'm still a massive pussy when it comes to doing um, <laughs> certain things, so I can't give that much advice. <laughs> I'll never jump off a plane or anything like that. Um, You've done a few pretty out there things, though, mate. You've like, I mean, I think competing on on the Voice is not um, <laughs> that that would come with a bit of fear. It's funny because when I was on the show, I never thought of it as a, as a competition. You know, like I, right. Whereas a lot of people probably did, and I, I know they did. Um, I was just doing. You know, turning up every week and doing my thing, you know, like singing. I was more like, like I said, I was more in, into the moment, like family. And um, But oh, I can only speak for, you know, someone that's a singer or something. Because mm-hmm. if someone told me to, you know, get on to do a bungee jumping thing, I would not do it. Or if someone said swim with the sharks, I would not do it. So I'm a bit of a hypocrite if I'm giving advice on how to face your fears. But um, I... I don't know, I just, I, I guess, like I said before, when I get nervous or when I get riddled with anxiety because I'm about to perform in front of thousands of people, 
Um, and I guess the last example I have was probably last year, I was in Romania for this festival and I was in this foreign country. And um, I usually before I sing, I have moments of doubts where I'm like, oh God, you're going to stuff it up. You're going to forget the words. And that's when I do that, you know, zoom out thing where I'm like, no, you're not. This is just yourself doing that thing, you know, where you self-talking and you're trying to sabotage the performance. Just, you know, look outside and look at the amazing, look at the people that are about to listen to you sing, you know, look, you could potentially move someone. Um, so I just try and turn my thinking, you know, into a positive thing. Um, so that's, that, that's sort of how I, I get around. And I guess I could probably do that if I was told to swim chucks too, you know, like, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> Not going to happen, but if you ever do get in, put in a position where you have to jump out of a plane into a pool full of sharks, then you can maybe try and put that into practice. But yeah, hopefully you don't have to do it. Um, um, and how have you how have you personally found uh, the whole coronavirus situation? How have you managed that? I mean, everyone's found it difficult. We've all had troubles and adjustments in in different ways. What what what's been challenging for you about it, and how have you um, dealt with that? Uh, well, I guess uh, two of the most challenging things were in the beginning, I didn't really see my family for a while. I'm quite close to my family. So I, I didn't see my niece and nephew for a couple of months. Um, yeah. and that was hard, but it was, it was um, necessary, you know, cause my sister's high risk cause she suffered she had cancer five years ago that, you know, my grandparents were high risk. So I kind of had to, you know, be good and stay away. Um, Obviously, my income was affected, and my my music was affected. Um, so I, yeah, it was really hard. It was hard on my relationship, like really hard on our relationship because we're kind of forced into this confined space together. Like my partner runs a company. Um, I wasn't running the company. I wasn't doing my music, and um, you know, we're forced to train here at home. We're forced to work at home. Um, but on the flip side, I spent so much more time with my dog <laughs> and he loved yeah. it. Like he, he thought coronavirus was great. <laughs> so, um, you know, we went on two walks a day uh, and we still do that now. So, and that, that I found was so good for my, my head and, um, like it was nice. I actually really enjoyed that. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I really enjoyed I found that my family were talking more and more. Like we'd see each other a lot, but every day we're on that house party app and, you know, we got it on my mum's phone and my dad's phone and we would all, you know, log in at the same time. And it was, it was something really special about that. And it's actually sad that we stopped doing that now that, now that I think about it because it was, it was something that we would do every day, you know, because yeah, it was not. And my niece and nephew would get on and, and, you know, we'd really all miss each other. So, yeah. Definitely. I think that's another, you know, one of the positives about what's happened. It sort of forced people to um, really look at what's important, you know, look at what are the fundamentals here. Okay, family, you know, making sure we're all okay, looking after ourselves. It's really, you know, strip, strip, strips away a lot of um, the daily things on a global scale that we all get caught up in and, and reminds us all um, what's important. So I It'll be interesting when things do start to go back, whether that maintains or whether, you know, we sort of fall back into normal life or whether there's a balance, but, you know, time, time will tell. Yeah. Um, before, I've just got a few closing questions that we do on every, every interview. Um, so they're just sort of quick, you know, one answer, whatever comes to your mind for the closing ones. Bef- before that, uh, where can people go if they want to learn more about you, um, listen to your music, etc. Where, where, where can we send them? I think if you want to learn the most about me, you probably just go to YouTube and listen to my songs because they're all very yeah. honest. Um, yeah. So yeah, YouTube, Instagram, I guess as well, Spotify, um, the Facebook page. Yeah. All out yeah. Curie. Um, yeah. That's probably the best way to, to learn a bit more about me. Great. And I'll, I'll put links to all of them in the show notes as well. So we'll be able to direct them to that. Um, so just closing questions here. Um, the first one, what's your best childhood memory? Uh, probably growing up on my grandparents' farm, you know, like we, well, we didn't, we weren't raised there, but, um, 
you know, every, it was like a tradition every week, you know, my uncles and my, my parents would drop us kids off and we just had the best time with my grandparents. Like it was on both sides, you know, mum and dad's side. Um, but more so our memories are at, um, on the farm at my dad's parents because, um, you know, they play hide and seek with us and my cousins, like we'd all, we were all so close in age. Um, we all lived on the same street. So it was just, it was nice. It was nice to have that really rich family um, uh, the memories that, that my grandparents created for us and that we created with my cousins. And, and, and I guess it's testament to my parents too, because they always made sure that we were, you know, close to our grandparents and yeah, probably that. Yeah, great. Uh, what do you think currently is the biggest burden on mental health in society? Um, probably social media, but it's also probably yeah. so valuable as well for most people's um, work. Um, yeah, I think that definitely. I think actually, I, I, I props to Instagram for getting rid of likes when they did. I think even myself as a musician, like I would always <laughs> like that would be a lot of pressure on me because you'd see you post something and you think, oh, people don't like it, and, and it, it almost felt like a. Um, um, you know, that they didn't like you or that like it's, and, and I can't imagine what that's like for young kids. So I think doing that has probably helped quite a bit for, um, for, you know, people's mental health, I guess, which sounds strange that something, you know, could affect people, but it does. Um, Massively. Yeah, so I definitely, you know, social media and social acceptance on those things. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's, and like you said, there's so many positive benefits of, all of these different tools, but they are, you know, there's huge, huge negative benefits. So it's about managing it. And, and like you said, things like taking away the, seeing the likes, it does have a, it's, it sounds crazy, I guess, but it really does have a, a huge, uh, huge, makes a huge change in, in people's mental health. Um, where, where do you see mental health being in 10 years time? Um, do you see things sort of getting worse in society or improving or somewhere in between? Um, I hope improving. I think the millennials are, they're, they're more um, attached to their emotions and, and they seem to be more um, open-minded and um, less judgmental. So I, I hope it means things get better. Um, yep. But I doubt it as well. I don't know. It's it's a hard thing to answer because I don't know. I, I hope so. Yeah. Well, it's so hard to know as well with how quickly things are changing in the world and how fast everything is moving these days. It, it is so hard to really predict where things will be at. Uh, but hopefully it goes. Hopefully it improves. Um, just two two more here. Um, what's your personal definition of happiness? Um, oh, happiness is just that feeling, I think, of, I don't know, it's, it's you know, let me think about this, because, um, I think happiness is just when nothing else, nothing matters, like, you just don't have that, like, there's no blockage, there's no, like, there's no dark clouds, just, you feel it like I don't know how to explain it, but it's there's such a difference between not being happy and happy. <laughs> yeah, um, which yeah. So stupid, you know. Um, yeah. No, I I think I know what you mean as well, and it's it's sort of that. Well, it's, it's, I think it's that feeling of you know, and I think we've been taught happiness is more about uh, you know chasing a high or when when you know we're on top of the world. Where I think it's more, and I think like you're saying here it's more contentment. It's more just that, that feeling of I'm okay. Everything's okay. That feeling of, you know, peace and ease with whatever we're doing. All right. All right. Final one. Um, what is the most courageous thing you've ever done? Cool. Probably a tie with coming out and, and singing done on a reality show, like the voice is like, you, yeah. I, I, I was completely vulnerable in that situation, in both situations, you know? Um, and yeah, looking back, I can't believe I did both of them because I never thought I would 
A come out or B ever seen like I was one of the school leaders in high school and I every time I had to talk in front of the school I'd shit myself <laughs> not literally but um and to sing in front of all the people I did it was just like I'm still proud of myself that I did that you know that's yeah. amazing it's amazing and I I um I had a similar experience where when I had to talk in school I would literally be vomiting sometimes shaking and you know then similar to you went on a reality show and ended up doing public speaking for a career and I I always say that um that really shaped me you know putting I think put pushing yourself where you have to be in such a vulnerable position once you do that I guess whatever you whatever whatever you're thrown into after that you you realize hang on you know I know that I got through that and I'll be okay here you can apply it to that so yeah yeah I I really like that mate well thank you so much for coming and chatting to me I've I've really enjoyed it I love everything that you're about and it's been hopefully I can meet you in in person at at some point when um things calm down but uh yeah look you you you've shared some amazing information here as well so I think the listeners will get a lot of value out of this. So yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks for providing the platform. I think it's such a great thing that you're doing. And thanks for having me on. <laughs> appreciate it, mate. Thank you. This episode of Move Your Mind was produced and edited by Tim Boozer. Thanks to Alfie Curie for joining me today for Move Your Mind. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.